Hey, welcome to the International Family Church Podcast. Our ministry philosophy can be summed up in one statement. It's not about building a great church. It's about building a great people. If you find yourself in the Boston area, we'd love for you to join us. Visit intlfamilychurch.com for service times and directions. Your story of what God has been doing in your life is important to us. Visit the resource page on our website to share what God has been doing in your life through the teachings at International Family Church. Coming up on August 8th, we'll be having our family movie night on the lawn. Grab your lawn chairs and blankets and join us with the whole family to watch Paddington 2 on August 8th at 8 p.m. Now here's today's message. I'm blessed to get to share the word with you guys today. Pastor Verna, thank you for believing in me and allowing me this opportunity. I believe that today we're going to grow together, amen? I'm going to ask you today to to pull on the anointing on my life. Uh, I'm going to ask you to believe God for what you need in your life. And together, I believe that God's going to speak to us. Amen. Father, we thank you uh, for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to come together and hear your word. Father, we thank you for our pastor, for Pastor Jonathan. Lord, I ask you to anoint him this morning as he's delivering a timely message at Connect Community today. Lord, ordain his steps, his actions today. Lord, let him speak a a, a clear-cut, precise word for that congregation. Lord, I thank you for our time together here. I thank you that you give me boldness to share everything that you've placed in my heart. Lord, help me to communicate it clearly, accurately. Lord, I pray that we would leave charged, energized, knowing that you're for us, that you're for us, not against us. In Jesus' name, Amen. amen, amen. Have you noticed lately that it seems like everybody's in a hustle bustle? Everybody seems to be racing. It seems like there's not enough time in the day. Seems like time is getting shorter, but at the end of the day, there's still so much more to do. You talk to the average person about margin in the life and they almost laugh (laughs) because they don't have any. I was recently talking with a young man and he was uh, almost boastfully saying, I haven't taken a vacation in three years almost like he wanted an award or something. Have you noticed how lately this buzzword hustle keeps coming up over and over? You know, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur at heart. I, I love uh, starting things. I love business. And over the last few years, I've seen this word hustle come into play, not only in the podcasts I'm listening to, in the books that I'm reading, in the blogs that I'm studying, but now it's almost a common vernacular word that we didn't use so much way back in the day, but today it's almost just like normality. Not very often that you don't hear somebody saying, this week I got to hustle. I ask people all the time on the weekends here, I say, hey man, you got you to gotta have some time this week to enjoy the weather. Oh man, I couldn't enjoy the weather. I got to hustle, hustle, hustle. There's another word that usually is associated with the word hustle, and that is the word grind. Say, hey, man, I'll be out here greeting people today, and after service, I'll say, hey, have a great week. And they'll say, man, back to the grind tomorrow. (laughs) Have you ever heard somebody say that? Let me ask you this. Have you caught yourself saying that? I find myself saying things that I hear other people saying when I really don't even know what they mean. (laughs) I like this. The Urban Dictionary defines the word hustle. To have self-belief, to have self-determination, To go out there and work it out until you find the opportunities in life that you want. You know, I I think that for several years as I've been talking to young entrepreneurs, talking to 
fathers, talking to, to leaders, talking to pastors, itinerant ministers. Uh, something with this word hustle just doesn't set well with me. How about you? For some of us, we've just adopted it as of that's the way of life. That's the season that we find ourselves in. So that's what's required of me. But the truth is, as I look in the Word of God, I find a completely different set of plans for how we succeed as Christians. As a Christian, we should have a different mindset when it comes to how we obtain success in our lives. See, the definition of hustle is all about self, self-promotion, self-confidence, self, self, self. But the truth is, as believers, it's not about ourself. It's actually about God Himself. It's not about us working it out. It's about us walking it out. I want to read you the scripture out of Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. And I'm going to ask you to get your pens or your devices. I don't want to give you a bunch of scriptures today. And I challenge you that you go home and read these and study them for yourself. Don't just take Pastor Josh's advice or his words of wisdom. Let's go back to the word and find out what it says. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2 Out of the Berean Study Bible, it says this, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, for then you will be able to discern what is good, pleasing, and the perfect will of God. For by the grace, everybody say grace. Grace. For by the grace given to me, this is Paul speaking, I say to every one of you, turn to your neighbor and say he's talking to you today. For by the grace given to me, I say to you, don't think of yourself, everybody say self, more highly than you ought to, but think of yourself with sober judgment according to the measure of faith that God has given you. I want to focus on this word grace today because if you take that word grace and you look it up in the the Greek and the Hebrew dictionary, almost every single time you find it in the Bible, that word comes across as the word charis which ultimately means favor. Everybody say favor. 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 Every time we find the word favor or grace, we can translate it favor. So Paul says it this way, for by the favor that was given to me, I say to you, don't think so highly of yourself, for it is by the measure of faith that God gave to you freely that you're doing anything. Why is it that as Christians, we are so easily adopting the world's way for our life? When Paul's clearly saying here, that's not the way you should do it. You should be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He's clearly saying to us, you better think differently than everybody else if you're going to do something differently than everybody else. I like this. He says, the way that we renew our minds is with the word of God. Or renewing our minds to what God says about us. We heard that for for 37 years in this church. We talk about the renewing of our minds. What does it mean to really be, I have a renewed mind? I like to say it this way. A renewed mind, it simply means to have a divine perspective. Go ahead and write that down. Listen, when we talk about a renewed mind, it's not about you being able to quote the scripture. When I grew up in children's church, that was kind of what I adopted as a renewed mind meant. It meant that I could memorize it and say it on the spot. 1 John 4, 4. Greater is he that's in me than he that lives in the world. Oh man, his mind's been renewed to the word. No, that's not necessarily true. It just means I have good memory skills. 
A renewed mind in that scripture context would mean that I understand from a heavenly perspective that the greater one lives on the inside of me. And it's greater than any force that would try to come against me. And so you would find me living that life, talking that life, going about life with the understanding or divine perspective that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives on the inside of me. That is a renewed mind. Paul is saying, transform your mind. Renew your mind to the fact that it's the grace of God, or in our case today, the favor of God. It gets you anywhere. Once we have a renewed mind, we can clearly see that that God's plan for us, turn to your neighbor and say, that includes you. We're going to do interactive Bible lesson today, if that's all right with you guys. Once our minds have been renewed, we can clearly, everybody say clearly, without question, we can see that God's plan for our lives is not to hustle our way through life. It's not for us to hustle our way to success. In fact, it is for us to achieve success through his grace and his favor. I wish somebody helped me today. It's the favor of God that helps us to achieve success. We need to remind and renew our minds to the truth that it is God's favor that sets us apart. I want to get to the main takeaway today, and this is what it is. The world's way to success It's through hustle. Everybody say hustle. Hustle. But God's way to success, it's through favor. Everybody say favor. Favor. Today I want to talk to you about transforming and renewing your mind to understand that we don't get to success in our life as Christians the way the world does by hustling, by grinding, by, 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 by sweating it out, by working it out, by living an exhausted life. But actually God's plan for you is that you would succeed through what he did through Jesus Christ in the favor and grace that belongs to us. Come on now. So today, let's talk about this. I really believe that if Paul was standing here today, he was a normal guy. You know, when you get around Christians, sometimes we get all like um, theological in our tones. I like to talk about this a lot because it happens to me a lot. As soon as someone hears you're a preacher, man, they change the way they talk. Me and Mo and Tom like to golf together, and sometimes we'll get paired up with the fourth guy, and on the first hole, man, he's cussing up a storm. Man, he's talking so much filth, and about the third hole, we get up to tee off, and he says, so what do you guys do? <laughs> and we said, well, that's funny you asked. We're actually preachers. He said, oh, Father, forgive me. I, oh, shh. People get real religious when they realize they're playing golf with a pastor. It's like, man, just be you. And I think that's the great thing about Paul is he was a man's man. So I think if Paul was here today, this is what he would say to you. Favor is the new hustle. I think he would speak like we talk. I think he would say to you, believers, church, understand that favor is the new hustle. And there has to be an understanding of this for us to succeed in life. I'm telling you for the next two weeks, I'm going to be back next week so you're going to have to deal with it. Next two weeks, I want to help unlock some things for you to where you get your joy back. Some of you need to get some joy back. You're not even excited about being here this morning. 
I want you to be excited about going to work in the place that God has placed you, knowing you don't have to hustle, for favor is the new hustle. That you walk into that job, you walk into your community, you walk into any situation recognizing, hey, it's not me, but God working in me. And so I don't have to do the work. It's already been done. I just have to have an understanding of how to obtain that favor. Everybody say favor. So today I want to talk to you about understanding it's God's plan to favor you. For a lot of people, this is a mind buster right here. Because for so long, they have heard religious people tell them, it's by the sweat of your brow that you're going to succeed. You're going to have to hustle and grind to make it. That's not God's plan for your life. I want to talk to you today about how you can do more through God's favor than you could ever do in your own hustle. I want to talk to you that God's favor isn't just something that we're pulling out of the scriptures. It actually has intentionality about it. Are you ready? So here's the first declaration I want to make to you, and that is that God's plan for man has always been to favor him. This is something we have to renew our minds to because you get around people and they say, well, you never know what God's going to do, brother. You ever been around those kind of people? Well, I know so-and-so and and it didn't work out for them. I'm not talking about so-and-so. I'm talking about God's plan for man has always from the beginning been to favor us. How can you say that? Well, let's look at Genesis chapter 1 and 26. I already warned you, I'm giving you a bunch of scriptures today. I want to build a case for the next two weeks. God spoke. When God speaks, we should listen. God spoke and he said, let us make human beings in our image. And let's make them reflecting our nature so they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, earth itself and every animal that moves on the face of the earth. God created human beings. Listen to this. He created them godlike, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female. God blessed them. And this is what he said. Prosper. I love this exclamation point here because that doesn't mean he said, well, prosper. You ever get those texts from people and it's all caps? What does that mean? They try to get your attention. I am going to be late. Tell everybody to hold on. Don't eat without me. He's saying prosper, reproduce, fill the earth, take charge. One translation says, take dominion, be responsible for the fish in the sea and the birds in the air, for every living thing that moves on the face of the earth. I love this because this is actually the first recorded time that we find God speaking in the scriptures to an individual. He spoke light. He spoke the heavens. He he created all the stuff with his words. But when it comes to man, he said, God blessed them and saying, prosper, reproduce, fill the earth, take charge. I love this when you, I've been studying this. So when you look up the word God blessed, this right here, it actually means he gave them divine favor. When God gives you divine favor, guess what? Here's what happens. You prosper. Everything you touch reproduces. You fill the earth and you take charge of life. So many people talk about being a slave to their job, being a slave to the grind, being a slave to the man, whatever you want to say, that's not God's plan for our life. Well, I don't know that you can say that. I'm not saying it. He said it. 
You need to understand that this isn't just talking to man. He's talking to mankind through Adam when he says this. My plan is to give you divine favor that you would prosper, that you would reproduce, that you would exceedingly abundantly take over and take charge. Man, I pray that you would take this scripture and jot it down and just for the next few days, put this in your little scriptures that you quote every day. Put this in your Bible study. Put this in your notebook and put your name in here and say, God blessed me. God has given me divine favor. And when I get his divine favor, I prosper. I reproduce. I fill the earth. And I'm in charge. Some of us need to understand that we're in charge. We're in charge. Let me give you one more so you don't just take it for this one verse here. And let's look at Deuteronomy 28 where God is speaking to Moses. And he says, if you listen obediently to the voice of God, your God, and heartily obey all of his commandments that I command to you today, God, your God, some of us need to own it. He's my God, not my grandmother's God, not my sister's God, not my neighbor's God. He's my God. And my God will place me on high, high above all the nations of the world, and all these blessings will come down on you and spread out beyond you because you have responded to the voice of God, your God. And God's blessing, listen to this, is inside the city. God's blessing is in the country. God's blessing on your children. Some of you need to claim that one. My children are blessed. The crops of your land, the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds, the lambs of your flocks, God's blessing on your basket and your bread bowl. I like that. I like the clam chowder and the bread bowl. I'm learning the New England ways. God's blessing in your coming in, God's blessing in your going out. God will defeat your enemies who attack you. They'll come at you on one road and they'll run away on seven roads. Did I say that right? Roads. Roads. God will order a blessing on your barns and your workplaces. He'll bless you in the land that God, your God, is giving you. God will form you as a people holy to Him, just as He promised you. And if you keep God's commandments, God, and live the way He has shown you, all the people on the earth will see you under the name of God and hold you in respectful awe. That's the purpose. I'll get to that in a minute. God will lavish you with good things. Well, you never know. I mean, he may do something bad just to teach you something. No, no, this scripture says God will lavish you with good things. Children from your womb, they're a good thing even when they're teenagers. You say, man, I wish you wouldn't have been giving me these blessings. Children from your womb, offspring from your animals, crops from your land, the land that God promised your ancestors that he would give you. Listen, God, I love this. God will throw open the doors of his sky vaults and pour rain on your land on schedule, on time, and bless the work that you take to your hand. For you will lend to many nations, but you yourself, you won't have to take out a loan. Anybody tired of loans? God's plan is to favor you that you're debt-free. That we're the lender and not the borrower. He said you will lend to many nations, but you won't have to take out a loan. You'll be... He'll make you the head and not the tail. You'll always be the top dog, never the bottom dog. As you obediently listen to and diligently command, keep the commandments of God. That's a mouthful. But here's the thing. 
When you take these scriptures and you dive into them on your own study time and you realize that you're blessed coming in, that you're blessed going out, that everything that you set your hand to do, it's blessed, that there's properties and real estate with your name on it that are unclaimed that he wants to give you, it'll change the way you live. You won't go to work anymore saying, well, I've just got to grind it out. You're going to say, man, I'm going to work today because he said, everything in my hand that I do in work, it's blessed. That means I get the promotion before everybody else. That means I get the upgraded parking spot so I ain't got to walk so far. He said, your children will be blessed. He said, your businesses will be blessed. He talked about our livestock and cattle. I don't know how many farmers are in here today. But listen, as businessmen, that means that every account that we're responsible for, it flourishes. Let me tell you this. When you have a renewed mind, it changes the way you see your kids even when they're screwing around. It changes the way you see your boss when you clock in and when you clock out. When you understand that his favor goes before you, behind you, it surrounds you. One scripture says, it's like a shield surrounding you. You find yourself waking up in the morning with an anticipation of, I wonder what God is going to do today because he's favored me. Man, somebody need to shout right there. This is who we are. This is God's plan. Well, you know, that's not how I grew up. That's not what I was taught. I want to just challenge you for a second that you don't bite everything that you were taught hook, line, and sinker and live through life on an extended leash where the enemy is only keeping you as far as you can swim. Because there will come a time where you'll get exhausted and you'll lay over like that dead fish and they just reel you in and take off the hook and put you in the bucket. I'm fighting tooth and toenail to stay in God's plan for my life. And the way that I do it is understanding his plan is to favor me. His plan is to favor the work of my hand. The creative ideas that I get, they're his ideas to produce for him. When you have a renewed mind and understand that God's plan for you and for your family is to bless you, you'll sleep better at night. I said you'll sleep better at night. We talk about this with our staff a lot about the importance of rest. You know the greatest night of sleep I had? Can you remember the greatest night of sleep you ever had? Some of you are looking like, what? I can tell you the greatest night of sleep I ever had. It was just about six years ago, five years ago now. The greatest night of sleep I ever had was when God supernaturally showed up and blessed me financially, and I paid off all my bills in one day, debt-free. For the first time in 22 years, guess what? I slept so hard that night. I slept so good. You know why? Because I wasn't worried about the creditor's call the next day. I wasn't worried about the bills that were delinquent. I wasn't worried about the things that were coming up in my financial future because God's favor intervened and I slept good. Let me tell you something. You'll sleep better when you understand it's all taken care of. You'll sleep so much better. There will be peace in your home, peace in your marriage when you get an understanding that you're the lender, not the borrower. When you're the top dog, not the underdog. When you understand that you can't fail. God's plan is to favor you 388 times 
we find the word favor in the Bible. Over the last few years, God's been giving me a, a reminder of his favor because I look at scriptures like this and I'm thinking, well, that's good for Moses, but what about me? And over the last few years, I, I've been just starting to jot down different times where I recognize God's favor because if I can point back to his favor in my life in the past, I could point to his favor in the future. Me and my wife began to do this, and I'm going to challenge you as couples to do this. Write down what God's done for you. Write down how he's favored you. Over the last uh, 18 years of our life, we've had 13 vehicles given to us. Oh, it's quiet now. 13 vehicles. I'm a motorcycle guy. I've had five motorcycles just handed to me. Came home from a counseling appointment one night uh, um, with a young lady who was dealing with some drug stuff. And after that, I had to go to uh, Palm Springs, California to preach a message. And then I had to drive to LAX to pick up my younger brother, Joey. And I picked him up at midnight. We got back to the Temecula Valley at 2 a.m. And I pulled onto the street where I lived and all the lights in my house were on. That's kind of freaky because I turned them lights off when I left. And so I stopped three houses back thinking there's somebody robbing my house. Wouldn't you think that? Two in the morning, all the lights are on. And so I stopped and I got out of my car and I parked and I walked up to the house and I'm like, I can't see any cars. There's no movement in there. And I got up to the front windows and I see this motorcycle parked in my foyer. I'm thinking, what knucklehead broke into my house and parked his motorcycle in my foyer? I unlocked the door now. I'm mad. I'm like, what the heck? And there's a huge red bow. And there was a card that said, Pastor Josh, thank you so much for taking the time with our daughter and our family. We know you love bikes. We just want to sow a seed and let you know that God's favor is on you. You know what? I've taken note of that. Because there's going to be things that I believe for in the future. And I could say, hey, if he could park Harley Davidson's in my foyer, I don't know what he's up to next. I was thinking about this. We were in Oceanside, California, planting a church. And midstream of planting this church, the Lord told us, this is not what you're called to do right now. And so I called my girlfriend at the time. I called Steph. And we were both living in Oceanside. We had two beautiful beach apartments two blocks away. That's God's plan for your life, by the way. And in a moment's time, God said, I want you to stop playing the church and I want you to go and submit to this pastor in Temecula. And I called Stephanie. I was driving on the 15 freeway headed uh, south to San Diego and she was in Houston. I said, the Lord spoke to me today. We got to shut it down. We got to stop this. We're to go back up here and serve under Gary Martin. And, and she said, I, I think that's the word of the Lord. That next day, a carpenter friend of mine, he called me and he said, hey, I just, I just was curious. I know this is a long shot, but do you have any plans of moving back to Marietta? Because I just finished a condo for a young man and I think it would be a perfect fit for you. I said, I was getting ready to call you tomorrow and say, hey, you know of any condos available because we want to get married and we got this thing. He said, dude, he said, it's on a golf course. I said, what golf course? <laughs> and you know what just happened to be? It happened to be the golf course that I played three days a week for five years with guys from the church that I always told the Lord, if I could live anywhere, I want to live on this golf course. It's God's favor on us. And I take note of this. I'll give you a couple more just to brag on God. I, I, speaking engagements that I could have never got invited to God's favor. People call and say, hey, we got your book. We want you to come speak. And I'm like, who is this again? And why are you calling me? I don't know why we're calling you. You're supposed to be at this conference with us. 
God's favor is chasing us down. I love this. Psalms 23, okay. verse 6 says, Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of, of my life. You could take that word goodness and put favor there. Surely your favor and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. What am I barking about today? God's plan is to favor you. Did you know it? Turn to your neighbor and ask him, did you know it? I was telling somebody the other day, we need to get those t-shirts. you remember the shirts that says, the old 80s shirt that said, got milk? I want shirts that say, got favor? Got favor? Here's the thing, because when you remind yourself that it belongs to you, you'll start finding yourself asking, hey, we ain't got any favor lately. We're due for some favor. We're due for an upgrade. We're due for a blessing. We're due for some increase because it's God's plan to favor us. Number two, you ready? The second statement I want to make is God can do more in a moment of favor than you can do in a lifetime of hustle. I'm going to say it again. Thank you. God, everybody say God. God. He can do more in a moment of favor than we could ever do in a lifetime of hustle. Psalms 119.96 out of the Amplified Bible says it this way. I've seen everything human and it has its limits and it has its end, no matter how extensive, noble, and excellent, but your commandment, it's exceedingly broad and extends without limits into eternity. So a few short years ago, we were nine months pregnant. My wife was nine months pregnant with Hunter, our first, our first boy, and, and, and I had gotten this invitation to go speak at a, at, a, at a national convention that was just beyond me. I didn't belong on that stage. There was people that you know and you follow on that stage. They invited old Josh Roberts to come and speak to the teenagers. And at this time, I was hustling quite a bit. I'd lost my job a year before. My wife was pregnant. We had two old cars that were kind of breaking down. It didn't seem like there was much favor on my life. You ever been there? And I found myself hustling. I love antiques. I, I buy and sell antiques. And, and for this season of my life, man, I was up early and I was staying up late buying antiques, selling on eBay, selling on Craigslist. Man, I was selling anything I could. My wife would come up and she'd be like, where'd that antique Dresser go. I sold it. Well, you just got it. I loved it. I said, I don't care how much you loved it. We need the money to pay the rent. We got a baby coming. You ever been there? I was under the gun, as someone would say. Long story short, I, I go to, to, to this city where they're going to have this convention, and I spoke. And it was amazing. They just exceeded my expectations, just treated me like, like I was the king of kings. It was crazy. And the whole time I'm there, I'm calling my wife saying, this doesn't make any sense. I have no idea. And at the end of the meeting, they came up and they gave me the largest offering that I'd ever been given for speaking. It was a significant amount of money. And I cried. I called my wife and said, you won't believe what they did. They just, they just blew my mind. And I got home that day and I'm, the next day I'm excited. My wife's pregnant. I got this amount of money that's like all of a sudden now you got some breathing room. You ever been there? We just get like, oh, Oh, now I can breathe a little bit. I push that down, push that hustle down a little bit. We take a breather. And you know what? That next day, I had to go pick up my truck that was in the shop from before I left. And in one moment, half of the money that I brought home was gone to pay for my old beat-up truck. And the next morning, I had to get up and go to the dentist. God bless the dentist. If you're a dentist in here, we're going to pray for you. 
I feel like I get twisted out of money every time I go to the dentist. So I go to the dentist and it's, hey, I thought I had this little thing. No, 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 sir, you're going to need to come. You're going to need the oxygen. You're going to need to lay down for a while. This is going to be a minute. And it's going to be expensive. I laid in that dentist chair for three hours and let him drill my face off. Only for them to say, hey, the rest of that money you came home with, we'll go ahead and take that. We'll go home and take that. So I came home from the dentist and, and my wife sitting at the, at the table and we began to talk and instantly frustration sets in. Nothing divides a marriage quicker than financial stress. And we began to argue and she's sitting out to here in the chair. I mean, it's, it's August in Southern California. It's 100 degrees outside. She's sweating. It's crazy. We're arguing. And, 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 and she had a conference call to take. And I said, I'm just going to leave. I'm going to give you some space. I'm going to get some space. Got in my car, broken, hurting. I remember I pulled out of our condo, and I went to the corner, and I drove down. I was headed to the dry cleaner to pick up my shirts. And I got to this specific intersection. It won't make any sense to you, but in my mind, I'm there right now. And the light turned red, and I stopped, and I took the hands off the wheel of my car. And I put my hands up in the car with tears in my eyes and frustration in my voice. I said, Lord, I, I don't know what else to do. You're going to have to fix this. I'm doing everything I know to do. I don't have any more energy. We have a baby coming. This is, this is killing our marriage. I don't know what else to do. I trust you and you better show up. That's how I talked to him. Grabbed the wheel, got the dry cleaning. I come home. I walk in the house. My wife's sitting at the counter at the, at the kitchen table and she's got her computer open and she's got her earbuds in and she's on a conference call with an organization that we we're a part of. She's got her back to me and I walk in the, the garage and I see her hand held up and she's holding up a FedEx envelope. And she's just doing this like this. And I'm back here. And all I'm thinking is, what is this, the IRS? <laughs> Who else sends stuff? to my house via FedEx to make sure you get it. This is, this is the IRS saying we're coming for the firstborn. We know he's doing a few weeks. And she just hands it to me and she turned around and she had a smile on her face. I'm like, what is it? I'm like, what is it? She can't talk. She's on a conference call. She's... And I opened the FedEx envelope and here's a letter from the organization that I just spoke for the week before that blessed me significantly. Listen to me. God can do more in a moment of favor than you can do in a lifetime of hustle. And I opened this letter and it said, Dear Josh, thank you so much for coming and investing in the teenagers at our convention last week. We know that you already received your generous honorarium, but we wanted just to sow an extra seed and bless you. Please accept the enclosed check for 10 times the amount of the original check. That's what I said. And I started kind of dancing around the kitchen and I was holding that thing and I'm reading it. Like, you know, you start reading stuff like this. Like, wait, is that? Did you see all the zeros behind this? Like, this has got to be a joke. This has got to be. And instantly God Hallelujah. says to me, hey, listen, remember when you took your hands off the wheel? That's all I was waiting for you to do. I could do more for you in a moment of favor than you could do for yourself in a lifetime of hustle. I want to say this to you. God is much bigger than you could ever imagine. You want to hear the crazy part? They invited me back the next year 
and gave me the same honorarium as the first year. And a week later, I got the same envelope with the same FedEx. And I'm thinking, this is like I'm living on Groundhog Day. What the heck? Same letter, word for word. Thank you for sowing a seed. Accept the enclosed check for 10 times. That was the day we paid our debt off. I did Dave Ramsey. I love Dave Ramsey. Listen, Dave Ramsey told me it's going to take me seven years of hustle. Eating rice and beans. Putting dollar bills in an envelope system. I believe in it, but I had to attach my faith to Dave's system. And what Dave said I could do in seven years, God said I can do in three years. And in fact, I can do it in two significant moments combined, debt-free. I'm telling you right now, when you get an understanding of God's favor, debt doesn't seem so big. Let me say this to you. Maybe you're under the gun and you're driving an old beat-up truck like I am, and they want to drill your teeth out. And you got a pregnant wife or you got kids at home and you don't know what you're going to do. Let me challenge you. If God can do it for me, he can do it for you. Take your hands off the situation and say, I've done everything I'm going to do, Lord. I'm just going to trust in your favor because I know it's your plan. According to Genesis, according to the scripture read in Deuteronomy, I know you can do more in a moment of favor than I could ever do in a lifetime of hustle. I want to read this scripture to you. Pastor Verna shared this with our staff a few weeks ago, and I believe it's for you today. It's Amos 9 and verse 13. Listen to this. Yes, indeed. It won't be long now. God's decree Things are going to happen so fast your head will swim. One thing fast on the heels of another, you won't even be able to keep up with my goodness. Everything will be happening at once and everywhere you look, blessings, blessing like wine pouring off the mountains and the hills. I'll make everything right for my people in Israel. Let me challenge you. You need to take that scripture and own it for yourself. If you're struggling today, you've been hustling, you've been grinding, you've been working it out to no avail, this is for you today. This is a word from the Lord for you today. If you're watching online today, I declare today, God's going to make your head spin with his favor in your life. It belongs to us. Man, maybe somebody in second service will get a hold of this. Here we go. Number three, you guys ready? God gives you favor so he can get the glory. Well, you know, going back, you never know what God's going to do. Yes, I do. I'm going to go to his word and find out he wants to favor me intentionally so that the point of direction comes back to him. We just sang that song. I don't boast in myself. I boast in what Christ has done. That's the reason for the favor. Well, Josh, what's all? Why are you all fired up about the favor? Why is that all I hear you keep talking about? You're blogging about it. You're writing about it. You're tweeting about it. Your Instagram's all about it. Listen, I have a revelation right now that the more that I'm favored, the more he's glorified. I have an understanding that the more the blessing he pours out on me, the more I get to show those around me he's good all the time. We get the favor. God gets the glory. It's a partnership. Well, you Christians, you know, you have this whole mentality. Everything belongs to you. Yes. Yes, we do. Because it's through God working in us that the world sees that he's good, that he's kind, that he loves us. The favor is intentional, so it points back to his glory. I grew up in a church. We had an organ player. 
We got a keyboard player. I like the keyboard, but we had a Hammond B3 in my dad's church. And for a while, a season of life, we had what we called testimony time. Y'all ever grow up in a church like that? You know, people are dancing in the aisles. There was a lady with a hanky. She'd come out and shake it, you know, and she'd dance around. And someone would get up and take up the offering and say, instead of taking up the offering, we're just going to open up for testimony time. Some lady would come up, hobble up there, and she'd say, I just want to brag on the favor of God. Someone paid for my Wendy's this afternoon. Now, you know, my car didn't break down this weekend. One after one, they'd line up in my father's church down the aisle. What were we doing? They just want to testify. Down where I live, they call it tetify. Oh, I want to tetify, pastor. And they'd come down. Y'all know what kind of church I'm talking about. Organ player, we had a choir, we had a horn section. Man, if we would just let people get up one after another and just hand the mic. I think we need to get back to that in our daily lives as Christians because the more that we testify of God's goodness, it shows the world who he is. It challenges other believers to stretch their thinking, to stretch their belief, and expect more in their life. When was the last time you shared a testimony with your neighbor of God's favor in your life? When was the last time you talked to your family that's removed, cousins, uncles, aunts, you don't see all the time, and the conversation existed around how much you're being favored with the intention of pointing the glory to God? 1 Peter 4.10, I'm wrapping up here. It says, each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others. How do you serve somebody? Let them know it came from God. This gifts, this favor, all this stuff, this grace, it's, it's to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace or favor in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with strength that God provides. Why is all this? Why this scripture? Every time we talk about God's favor in our life, it's the opportunity to communicate the gospel. There's a lot of people that don't want to be Christians because they don't want to be broke. And they think that if I'm a Christian, that God wants me broke, humble, humility. We use these words that really don't go together because humble and humility just means you don't get the credit he does. But you don't have to be broke. When my father got saved, he sold the cars, gave away everything, bought Jesus sandals, and lived in the same clothes because that's what the pastor was preaching. You can't have stuff and be a child of God. It's not what the Bible says. The Bible says they'll know you by your, oh, the fruits. What's fruits? Stuff that God's producing in your life because you're connected to him. I don't have time to go to John, but we're connected to the vine and we produce fruit on the branches and that's how people will recognize it. Romans 2.4 says this, it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. We've got to get away from preaching the wrath of God. My buddy lives in Nashville. He's a singer-songwriter and the other night he was posting downtown Nashville. All these Christians with these huge signs marching down the streets. You're going to burn for drinking that beer. Turn from your wicked ways. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You know what? I didn't see anybody give their heart to the Lord that night. I saw them repelling people, causing strife. But what if our life spoke for us 
in our life and the favor that God has extended to us actually helped communicate the gospel, which is he did something for you that you couldn't do for yourself. This grace that we talk about, it's favor. He loved us before we loved him. He actually, in Matthew, it says, he chose you. Don't get it twisted. You didn't choose him. Why did he choose us? So we'd have an example of how to pour out favor on you so that you could go everywhere and be an extension of his goodness that men would look at your life and say, I want to be like you. Oh, I want to I go to that church. Oh, I want to hang out with you. My life's a wreck. Yours seems like it's great. I got nothing. Seems like you got lots. My stuff's broken. Your stuff is brand new. That is the gospel message. It's why God poured his favor out on us. It's been his plan from the beginning. So let's close this up. I want to challenge you in a few things and I'll give you what we're going to do next week. Number one, renew your mind this week. Take the scriptures and open the book for yourself. It's great for Pastor Josh to get up and get excited and preach about this. It's another thing for you to go home and at three in the morning when you're laying in bed and can't sleep and you realize, wait a second. He's talking about me. Number two, resolve the truth that God can do more in a moment of favor than you can do in your lifetime. Get an understanding that your life is not called to be a grind. Don't leave here and say, well, that guy preached that we don't have to work. And we don't have to be committed. I'm not talking about that. You have to be committed. You have to work. You have to be focused. You have to be diligent. You have to be obedient. But you ain't got to grind. And it shouldn't take years off of your life. Being in the favor of God should extend your life. That's for next week. Understand, lastly, that God gives you favor so he gets the glory. Your head's bowed and your eyes closed. You may be here today and you say, man, I've been working it, man. I'm exhausted. You're talking to me. Favor. This is new to me. I know hustle. I know grind. I know exhaustion. I know frustration. I know what it feels like to be overwhelmed. I came here today to tell you that's not God's plan for your life. His plan is favor. It's peace. It's promotion. It's increase. It's clarity and understanding. It's wisdom. It happens in relationship. It happens and begins in a relationship with Jesus Christ first and foremost. I want to give two calls today. Number one, you're honest enough after hearing a message like this to say, man, I've been hustling, and I've been grinding, and I realize that's not God's plan for my life. Listen, all you got to do is ask for forgiveness. Ask for forgiveness from trying to do it your way and adopt God's way. Is there anybody here today with your heads bowed and your eyes closed? Nobody's looking around. Would you be honest enough to admit, man, that's been me. I need forgiveness. I see you. Yes, sir. Say, forgive me, Lord, for for, for hustling and grinding. I want to walk in your favor. Anybody else, just raise your hand. I got my hand up, by the way. Put it up, put it down. That's just between you and God, nobody else. You say, Lord, I want to forgive me. Forgive me for trying to do it my way. I want to do it your way. Anybody else, raise your hand. Put it right back down. Second call. You're here today and you say, man, I, I need that favor in my life. I want to tell you this. It happens through... Jesus Christ and the relationship that he wants to have with you. The Bible says that he died on the cross. He took all the hustle, all the pain, all the sin, all the shame 
to the grave and the Holy Spirit raised him up from the dead, triumphant as a conqueror. And through a relationship with him, we now become overcomers. We now become confident in what he already did. No more hustle for us. Favor in the relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're here today and you say, man, I need that. I need a relationship with Jesus. It's as simple as asking, Lord, I believe you did that. I want it. I receive it. If you're here today and you say, man, pray for me. I need a relationship with Jesus Christ. I need a fresh start. Raise your hand right now. I want to pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you. It's between you and God. You say, man, I I need Jesus. I see you. Yes, ma'am. I see you. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. I see you. Yes, ma'am. I got you. Yes, sir. I see you. Anybody else? You say, include me in that prayer. I need some help. I can't keep living the life I'm living. I need Jesus. I need what he paid for me. Yes, I see you over here. Let's do this. Let's all stand to our feet today. Whether you raised your hand or you should have raised your hand, I want to ask you to pray this out loud. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. Everybody say saved. Saved from what? Saved from the hustle of this life. Understand we're just passing through. This isn't our forever home. Let's pray this out together whether you raised your hand or you should have. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I ask you to forgive me for living life my way. Today, I accept the price that Jesus paid for me. I understand I could have never paid it. And he already did. So today, I choose you, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Lead me and guide me by your Holy Spirit into your favor for my life. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. To request prayer, please visit the resource page at intlfamilychurch.com, and our team will agree with you in prayer. Our mission at International Family Church is to help you know God for yourself, to find freedom in your life, to discover your God-given purpose, and help you make a difference in the lives of those around you. One of the easiest ways you can help us do that is simply by sharing this podcast with friends and family. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it on Facebook. Thanks again for listening.